Hello everybody and welcome back to the Biff Rugby League podcast. It's season two, it's 2023 and the boys are back. Um, we're talking obviously championship preview today. We're just going to go through all the championship squads alphabetically, tell you where we think they're going to finish in the league, come to some sort of agreement and then on Thursday, which is the day of the podcast coming out, so this is Tuesday night, we're recording this, on Thursday we'll drop um, the graphic on social media alongside the podcast so you guys can listen on your straight favourite streaming platform. Um, as you'll notice in the tweet, we're not on YouTube this year. YouTube will give uh, will have a slightly different feel to it throughout the year. We'll be dropping top 10 videos, kit videos, breaking news videos, anything that we can kind of make videos on when we've got time, you'll see them there. Um, before we get into any other news um, and sort of announcements to make, Happy New Year, lads. Welcome back. Um, I say Happy New Year. We've spoke quite a lot since January um, on some projects we've got going on and obviously we can't announce them yet because they're not ready, but we're excited, aren't we? Man, I was literally like fist pumping the air as I heard your intro. It's been so <laughs> long, I'm just like proper pumped for it. Toby's muted, but he's here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's been, a, it's been a good off season and I think like for me, pre-season's always the best time because you start to like see the um, backlash from last season then start to write the narratives for this season. And then the fact that we, you know, we're writing narratives of our own on top of the ones that are going to be written by the rugby league world uh, just makes this uh, pre-season feel more special. Yeah, I mean, pre-season for me started 20, uh, 20 days ago, the 11th of January. Uh, Bedford Tigers had their first pre-season meeting. New coach, we're in the Challenge Cup. I've been to two training sessions. I've got another one tomorrow, Wednesday. It's like first training session either was like minus four. And I had my camera, and I was like, my hands were purple by the end of it. I felt I felt like I was the Biff logo by the end of training. <laughs> like it was that bad. Um, what's like been your story of the off season? What have you enjoyed like hearing about from the world of rugby league? Just really quickly. Well, I think one good thing about this year's off season is it was a little bit shorter because we had the World Cup to sort of eat up um, November, didn't we? I, I managed to get to a game on Boxing Day. I went to watch Leeds Wakefield, and that was. Well, there was like 9,000 people there. It was like proper feel-good atmosphere. Um, and Leeds lost, so, you know, it's been. <laughs> but unfortunately, I haven't been able to watch any York games and that got postponed because it's just been so cold, like you said. So um, I, I, I'm just going to get to as much as I can um, as soon as the season starts. But I've kind of missed out a bit on the pre-season games. But yeah, like like Toby said, putting these squads together and like, Weighing, weighing each team up, I feel like um, I feel like we can give a real good overview of what's going on. Yeah, Toby, I would ask how your rugby league off season's going, but you've just been at Pride Park watching Derby most of the winter, haven't you? I mean, you know, I do do that, but um, <laughs> I, in terms of the uh, pre-season, I actually think that the the best thing for me has been that I've finally found a small reason to like Featherstone Rovers, um, and that being... Um, Lee were putting Phoenix Lola to Gagai um, on his backside um, with a handoff that has rattled whole KR fans because Featherstone have taken the mick out of it. Now, um, I don't actually think that, I, you know, I think ethically is it the best thing Featherstone to do? No. But I think the wind-up that it's caused has definitely been a talking point and now I need to see the whole uh, KR Featherstone rematch in a, the Challenge Cup this season. <laughs> yeah, it's really. I'm. I, I'm just so buzzing for it, and I'm actually not going to waste any time because 
Toby's been telling me to hurry up for about the last 40 minutes. Um, Barrow Raiders are the first, alphabetically, Barrow Raiders first up. Uh, a couple of big losses for them this year. Are they, are they going to be affected by them or because of the way that the, the dual registration or the loan system works? Do you think they'll get those players back when they really need them for the for the bigger games? Yeah, it's a weird weird deal that's happened with T. Ritson going to Saints, like you said, like on loan. Um, but he was a massive part of that team, so even if he misses half a season, it's still going to affect him. And that, that sort of um, like incons inconsistency of who they can and can't select and what it does to the fullback that would have played instead of Ritson is gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. So um, for me, I don't think that they'll. Um, do as well as they did last year, but they've still brought in some um, good talent. Um, ben Evans, uh, Greg Burt, Jack Wells, all from the Super League. So, um, yeah, what what do you guys think? I very much think it's a team. It's a team that I still think some of the names aren't your Super League households, and I think that's a big indicator that we look for in assessing where a Championship club, which part of the table it's going to finish in. But this is a team and a club and a coach who defied all expectations last season. Um, the T. Ritson one is a loss, but I think that, um, you know, I think in terms of who was the best one with that club, it varied each week between him and Shane Toll anyway. Um, so I think that... Um, oh, I accidentally mute myself. I think <laughs> there definitely is some, uh, some um, intangibles around this Barrow squad in terms of they're going. They should perform well, unless they have a second season syndrome. Um, they should perform better than their squad perhaps suggests they would. Yeah, I mean they've brought in Rio Corkill and Greg Worthington into the centres, and I think Worthington had a really good spell at Facts over the last couple of years. Corkill's um, just recently won the Middle East and African Championships with Nigeria, being parts of a Saints academy that um, won the league last year, I believe, for for them. They're a very, very strong centre partnership in there. Alongside, like you said, Shane Toll, Ryan Shaw, Luke Cresswell. That's a really strong back five. Jared Samet in the halves. Depth beyond days, again, in the forward pack. That's something I think that's going to repeat itself. The forward packs in the championship are unbelievable. And I think clubs have realised it's such a physically demanding league. They need to make sure they've got enough up front to deal with Featherstone, Toulouse, Bradford, Halifax, York. These teams with absolutely massive packs. Um... We won't we won't go into where we want them to finish yet, but it's it's not going to be as high as it was last year. And I think Raiders fans, towards the end of the video, you might be a little bit disappointed. So I'll apologise in advance. Batley fans, on the other hand, their squad hasn't changed lots, but they were so difficult to beat last year, getting to the grand final. Toby, you kind of, before we went live, you kind of summed it up really nicely. I don't know if you want to sort of say that, say what you thought of this squad again. Um. I mean, they've lost uh, Luke Hooley and they've lost Tom Gilmore, which is, you know, that's some you know really big losses from their spine. Um, but they've actually gone out and replaced them. They've taken, they've got Aidan McGowan on loan from Huddersfield, who is a like-for-like -like sort of replacement in terms of he's where Luke Hooley was when Luke Hooley joined Batley. Um, and then they replaced Tom Gilmore with Josh Woods um from Newcastle who's like you know he was a player who was went who Newcastle only got because of the full time setup that they had. Um Batley are really hard to beat at home and they you know they've just come they they've just got to a championship final 
the season before that they were surprisingly in the playoffs. Like I think it's at the point where Batley have shown that consistently that they're well coached, they're hard to beat, and that they will they will finish towards the top of the table, regardless of how you feel about their squad or whatever. Like they are like they are actually like a big club relatively within the championship um, quality. And yeah, um, I think that. Um, you know, I think anyone to say, oh, I think Batley will finish mid-table because they've looked at their squad um, just isn't true. Now you now have to look at their results and their history uh, and go off that. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I admit now, I know we weren't going to say where teams were going to finish. We ha- we've got them finishing mid-table. We we have put them seventh, but I think that once we, we said, once you get out of that top three, top four, it's really difficult to place those teams that are going to make the playoffs because they're so even in everything and the games between... The, the, the sort of teams finishing fifth to eighth if you beat every other team from the three teams below you in your fifth that's the reason you've got in like I don't see sort of how you can really get past the way that Batley team plays and how it's coached I think that's very very going to be very very important Bradford up next they've made some absolutely amazing signings Robin you love this team don't you yeah, I'm quite excited about like a really strong Bradford in Championship. I think they've. I was sort of like reading through the ins, and I was like, oh, mint! Like Michael Lawrence, what like great, great player. Then I saw Blaine Batmore. Um, he, he played at Sheffield a couple of years ago, and he's a really like difficult to handle winger, solid defensively as well. And I think he's a bit underrated. So, an, another great signing. Then you've got Jack Walker um, and Bodine Thompson, like two, you know, competitive Super League players. Um, obviously, Bodine's coming towards the end of his career, but that that's exactly who you want to be signing if you want to be climbing the table in the championship. Um, Jack Walker is obviously like looking for that chance to just get regular fixtures in, um, but a difficult to handle um, fullback and probably one of the stronger fullbacks in this um, championship. Uh, and then you've got like um, Joe Rundle from Halifax, another another great player, um, and Kevin Appa, who's uh, who played for PNG. So. I think they've brought in really, really well. And actually, when I look through the, the players that they've um, offloaded, there are a couple that stand out that I think they'll miss, like Elliot Keir, who I think's really um, quite quite a wise and experienced player now. Um, but I, I, I really like this uh, Bradford side. So I really rate them. I'm quite excited to go and watch them play this year. Yeah, they've let a lot go, but I feel like they've, they've brought in players who are better than, if not at least equal to, the players that they've they've let go. Tom Holmes coming in from Sheffield, uh, Brad Foster from London coming in as well, another young player. Like the young players, lots of experience and definitely a team on the up. Um, we, I mean, we've got them finishing a lot higher than any most other people will probably predict. And like, well, including myself. Including, including Toby. <laughs> Toby, Toby me, and, me and Robin have kind of looked at this Bradford side and gone, actually, this could be a Bradford team that fights Featherstone and the other team in the top three for for a home semi-final i think they can they can certainly finish and finish up there um speaking of featherstone top of the league in it it's no no questions i mean i was a bit uns- I, at first i was a bit unsure and then i looked again and i was like actually no just on paper this team is this is a this is a mid to low level super league side really in it if these if these players wanted to they could all play super league couldn't they yeah, I was very surprised that Caleb Aikens didn't get a, didn't go to Super League and chose to drop back down into the Championship um, at the end of this season. 
Um, you know, I think especially when you consider that he's signed and he's fight. You know, he's got Brandon Pickersgill and Mark Carella all wanting to play fullback um, around him there. Um, yeah, definitely um, some very good players here, and I think that. Um, ironically, in some ways, I think they're in a worse position than they were last season because losing Riley Jacks, um, losing um, uh, losing Morgan Smith, um, are actually two big losses um, in the halves. And you know, it looks like by the way they've handed out the squad numbers that, that Riley Dean from Warrington is going to get a lot of responsibility put on his shoulders. Um, he's also can go back to Warrington on a two-week. Um, recall at some point which will be interesting you know if Warrington used that at the wrong time um, yeah. for Featherstone obviously Thomas Lacans has been doing really well in pre-season yeah. um, and yeah I think that for me it's actually kind of if Featherstone are going to slip up it's going to be because they don't always have the best record with injuries and you know if we see um, a couple of set, you know a couple of players go down here or there and they're also done at a place where they're moving John Davis into the centres or they're, you know, they're experimenting with their back row, things like this that they've had to do the previous seasons. All of a sudden, they've become less of a cohesive unit. Um, last season sort of told us. Um, but that said, there is no team like Lee this season. Um, there, there isn't it, a team. Well, not like yet. That. Yeah, yeah, not yet. I mean, you never know. Featherstone could turn into that team. or I mean, Keith Lee has spent big money. We'll get into that later. But... The main thing for me for Featherstone is they've got Kyle Evans, Mackenzie Ye, Tyler Heppy, Caleb Aikins, Joey Leilua, Mark Carella, and Josh Hardcastle all wearing numbers outside of the 17. Like, they are crazy good players that yeah. walk into their start, that walk into that Feb start in 13 ahead of, let, let's say, I don't know, probably Craig Kopchak. Jack, maybe not even. Like, Kopchak's played absolutely fantastically for Fev for the last few years. Chris, Han yeah. Chris Hankinson coming from um, from Toulouse, uh, where he was kicking goals for them a lot last year. This this is this is a really strong Featherstone team, and they're gonna teams are gonna really struggle to beat them. I, I yeah. feel. Um, I think my, the thing that I'm actually most looking forward to is what um, Riley Dean that um, Toby just mentioned earlier. I think he played a couple of games for York last year, and I think he's got a lot of potential. And I really like the combination of him and Jonathan board in the halves yeah we were talking before we started about how important it is in this this division to have a good halves partnership and i think that that blend of like great running um youthful ad hoc attacking style alongside like a, a wily old championship veteran in jonathan ford is just like a really great combination especially with all these great players that they've got running around outside them i really like rate this featherson team i think they're going to be quite exciting yeah they'll be relying on the players that they've brought in to make sure that they can make as much of an impact replacing the players that they they've they've got rid of like you said they've, they've sold quite a lot they've got rid of quite a lot released quite a lot but they've they've, they've recruited well because they're featherstone rovers and they're the favorite to win the league in a lot of people's opinion um on a personal note though halifax panthers up next i think they're going to struggle if they get any injuries in the back five uh woodburn hall isn't the most structurally sound of players um had a pretty decent world cup for jamaica in well like in terms of playing for jamaica and personally he had a good tournament ben tibbs being keep being kept around at the club's fantastic zach mccomb very very reliable but they've only got jake mason and nick rawsthorne as sort of backups in that area forward pack though robin again we mentioned it earlier phenomenally deep very very strong 
I like this team, that there's only 24 players in this squad. They, they, they're going to be one of these teams that really needs the um, to, to stay healthy, to stay fit, and, and if not, rely on some good loan options coming through. But, I mean, Halifax, I think they, they've got that draw. I think they could like pull off a good loan deal because any, any, any Super League player that's not getting match time knows that they're going to go into a club that's probably going to be in the playoffs and therefore, you know, a good opportunity for them. Yeah, 100%. Um, a player that I was surprised that York let go was Tom Inman. What are your, what are your thoughts on him specifically as, as someone that might have watched him a little bit last year? Yeah, so is that the is he the hooker? Yeah, the young hooker, yeah. Yeah, so I think that we've, um, we've signed another Australian guy. So we obviously we've got Jubb. And this, um, yeah, O'Hagan's come You've over. You've got O'Hagan yeah. as well, haven't you? In there, uh, well, no, O'Hagan's gone because, um, Has he? yeah, yeah, well, I guess we'll get into York, but, um, I, I'm not sure, I, I can't really remember him playing, so, um, yeah, you you may have bagged a good one. I will we'll get into York because Braden O'Hagan's been given a shirt number, um, and that only would have come out this since 2023. Uh, Toby, we've got Keithley up next. Break this team down for me because this is this is deep, isn't it? This is this is like where who's who's starting for this team? Who's this team's going to finish quite high? Dane Chisholm's in there, Ben Crooks is in there, Tommy Doyle's in there, Adebayi, Luke Gale, Jake Webster. They're they're players that aren't in their starting thirteen according to squad numbers. Yeah, exactly. You start off with a team that was good enough to get you know go undefeated in League One, which probably already implies that it was ready to have a good crack at not finishing last in the championship. And then the draw that they've had this season uh, in terms of their signings has been incredible. Obviously, Luke Gale was in a very awkward position um, at the end of this Super League season where he was a free agent and he'd probably had one of the, you know, he hadn't had a season in Super League that had really shown off his best abilities and he, he hand-picked Keithley basically to be the club to go to. Um, he links up there with Jake Webster who I don't know how many minutes he'll play this year but obviously he's been a great servant to, to Rugby League and someone who is you know quite exciting to have around. Um, you know you consider they've had the pull to bring in Sadiq uh, Adi B from Wakefield which is a player who um, statistically I would have happily still seen in uh, the bottom of Super League um, and yeah it's I mean there's obviously it goes on they're really good signing in Brad Walker um, also from Wakefield he had a little loan spell at Crusaders and was really good a few years ago um, Lewis Young obviously was a big player for Newcastle a couple of seasons ago before going a little bit quiet um, and yeah this um, this team is really filled with uh, filled with players who you wouldn't expect a newly promoted side with a small budget to have, and obviously maybe Keithley's budget isn't that small. Um, I think um, this is the kind of squad which you go, it is already better than some of the teams at the bottom of the table. Yeah, I mean, they, they, we're looking at this Keithley team and we're thinking Barrow of 2022, of 2023, aren't we? We're looking at it and going, this is a team that's going to push and want to get into the playoffs. And you know what, if they fall short, it doesn't matter because at least they're going to be a solid championship side. But... We never, we you never know. Like the way that the way the championship went last year, we were shocked. We predicted Barrow to finish towards the bottom because the team didn't look strong. We said they'd rely on Jared Samet, and they've improved their squad again, as we as we've said earlier. 
Um, moving on to London, we were pretty spot on with them last year. Very weak squad, 11th place finish. I think they finished 10th in the end after some points, um, with points difference and stuff. But they struggled t towards the end with uh, Jermaine Coleman in there. Mike Eccles has come in, changed this, turned this squad around. Very young squad, a squad that's based in London. There's not a lot of players there that live or have been signed from outside of London. Um, one of the players that I think is going to rip absolute shreds up in a lot of the games that he plays. Maybe not against the top level sides, but Jared Bassett. Mate, two years ago, Jared Bassett was playing in the Southern Conference League for West Warriors and a year at London Scholars and he's been, and he's been given the number three shirt at Broncos. It's not that, like we said, it's not the deepest of squads at London, only a 22-man squad so far, but their academy is so strong and they just, they just, they just bring them off the shelf. They're like, yeah, you can have a debut this week and they'll be in the squad all year. Which is like great for building the game down in London, isn't it? I guess in a way they've kind of got like probably one of the biggest talent pools available because 100%. they are the only um, team in, a, in that massive city. But yeah, like you say, they've brought up those three lads, Dan Hoyes, Jensen Monk and Ewan Park from the academy, which, uh, you know, we never know. They, we, they, they're names that we don't know now, but mm -hmm. if they get enough game time early on in their career, um, they could they could be, um, you know, household names. One other player that I'd like to mention as well is Marcus Stock. I think that he, he's been a big um, player for York and I really rate him and I was I was sad to see him go, but I'm sure he'll bring a lot to that London side um, and maybe, you know, push him up that one spot in the table from last year. Yeah, they're definitely going to be a team that know how to play and the style they play. A uh, very young half-partnership in Ollie Leyland and Rian Horseman. But again, they're young enough and they've played their, pretty much their whole career together through the, the academy system. Uh, a lot of London-based lads. Um, Will Lovell, captain in the side from Northampton. Lewis Bianek, he's played at London for a while. This, this is a team. And this got, they've got a few internationals thrown in there as well. Paul Allberg, Henry Rai-Walu uh, Rai in there. Ethan Natoli. It's, it's Dean Parata's in there. Played a bit of the World Cup for Italy. Wellington Albert's in there. So they've got they've got loads and loads of depth in well knowledge and experience in their big players but when it comes to their key players i think it's just where the experience one might let them down a little bit um we move on to newcastle toby you re-ranted and raved about this team last year you absolutely loved them and then it all went horribly what wrong they've gone part-time i'm still shocked that they've got alex foster um i thought he might be uh, a team but this is, a, this is a nice team still, isn't it? I mean, it is and it isn't. When you consider that this was, you know, I like them coming last season because they were full-time and they were handing out contracts to players who were out of reach of part-time clubs. And now, OK, they've kept some of those team, those players around, but they've gone back to part-time. They've had to let go of some of the players that made them so promising going into last season, like Lewis Young. Um, and... Now it's sort of in a position where they they finished sort of in the bottom third of the table when, you know, they had some things going in their favour. They haven't got better. Um, at, you know, the, no position has improved upon where it was last season. Um, and they're now part-time. Um, I just think that it seems like the only way is further down the table. Yeah, it's disappointing to see. Robin, I watched... York play Newcastle in York with you last year. We watched Newcastle and 
we were thoroughly disappointed with the performances of Mitch Clark and the, the Chapel Owls and they just didn't seem like they were with it. Um, they brought Curtis Davis in, uh, I believe. I don't think they had him at nine last year. Gideon Boyafo, Daniel yeah. Okoro, some lads that have played Super League level but are still young enough and experienced enough to maybe bring in a little bit more. Looking at the team, what do you think they kind of need? What do they do they do they need to just start again? Do you think this is a, a season where they have a risk of being relegated and they need to like just look at where they're at again? It's so difficult, isn't it? I feel like like we were saying about the, the, them going down to part time and. Um... Yeah, there's def- definitely a step backwards. Let's hope that they can sort of stay in this league and not drop down. I feel like um, that is the goal of this season. Um, yeah, again, can they can they pull in some lone players? I, I don't know. They must have a reasonable budget because they did have big aspirations only like a couple of years ago. So let's yeah, let's hope they can just keep it keep it going for for another season, and I'm sure that they'll be able to rebuild from here. Yeah, sure. It, it'll be it'll be yeah. interesting because we know that Newcastle are a, a, a city that IMG are probably looking at to put a big team in yeah. for when when the restructures get done. But if they can't perform on the field and they're part time, they are going to struggle. Um, Sheffield Eagles. Now it was a bit of a, a weird year for them this year. Some weeks they were outstanding, then other weeks they just they didn't even know where they were playing. I think at the start of the year they had a home ground that they didn't play in until halfway through the year, and it was just weird. But Mark Aston. Just seems to know what to do with the players that he's got, and they brought in Jesse Senefeo. They brought QLT back. Matty Dawson Jones has come in. Uh, they're just, they're just, it's just a nice team. Uh, Matty Crimes is in there. Um, he's a really nice player. He played a lot of university rugby league. Um, the Farrell brothers are in there, and Thackeray hasn't retired. How he, how he's not retired, I don't know. Will Oakes, Chris Wellham, Josh Goodsett, Ben Jones Bishop. Titus Guazes joined from uh, Halifax. He'll probably be banned for half the year, but it's still a nice signing for him, for, for Sheffield and Mark Aston. Either of you two want to take this team? Because I quite like it. I quite like this Sheffield team. Yeah, I like it. Go on, Tubbs. No, I was just, I'm I'm a big fan of um, this Sheffield team. I will correct you, Brad, because it's not Will Oaks, it's Ross Oaks. Is it Ross Oaks, sorry. Um, who, on his day, is fantastic. But yeah, I think that um, you know, if you look at the signings of Lola Tagagai, um, Dawson Jones, um, Senny Lafau, um, just as an indicator of where the Sheffield team's going, you know, the answer is definitely it's on the up. Um, I think that it really is in a position to to start making a name for itself as um, a top half the table team consistently. And maybe, you know, it's got its new stadium, things keep developing and more people get behind the team and you get a bigger fan base and um, yeah we could be getting to a point where we're starting to go okay Sheffield might have a place you know in the future of uh, the top flight of Super of Rugby League in this country because I think that Sheffield as a, as a city is a really good location and you see here that they're backing Mark Aston and Mark Aston's got good pull within the game to be able to create the squad he wants the only question for me about whether this, this team finishes third or eighth is how good is his coaching yeah 100 percent. is he's been there a long time and he'll know the players that have been there a long time and the players that have been there a long time will trust him and i think it shows that they don't seem to lose players and if they do yeah players come back 
and I think that's really key. Sometimes you'll find that players leave, they won't, and they won't come back until the coach has changed. People will like to play under Mark Aston. I mean, I know he's got his son there. His son, his, his son wouldn't go under. If his son didn't think he was a good coach, he probably wouldn't play for him. Because I feel like they're the type of people that would he'd just be honest with each other. You know, like he's always willing to play. Do you know what I mean? I think I think Corey Aston's big enough and mature enough to turn around and say, actually, if I don't want to play under my dad, I wouldn't. And I think that yeah. goes to show that he's given him the, the 32. He's not gone in there and taken a six or seven off Farrell and Thackeray. He's gone in and he's been given the lowest squad number. He's going to have to earn his spot in that starting 13. Despite the yeah. fact they know he can, he's played at Super League level and they know he can play really well on his day. I think you're absolutely right. I, do you know, I, I was just thinking then, I'd love to see Sheffield have like a really good cup run this year. Yeah. I feel like that the the history of them with the 98, what, the 98 Challenge Cup I feel like they're a team that there are other a club that really that 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 really is part of the DNA and like bu- building up on a, a good team from last year into a better team this year and having a good cup run would in the new stadium would actually be perfect for the for the Eagles. Yeah, it would be really really good for them. Um, a team that I'm looking at thinking they're going to finish bottom in this league is Spinton Lions. I mean. They can't even spell their players' names right in the um, squad numbers, can they, Toby, if you look at number 19? No, I know it's... Uh, I know Ollie Bods <laughs> is an odd way of spelling holes. Um, it's, it's a bit... It's just amateurish, isn't it? Well, I mean, look, Swinton... It's interesting, because actually, if I was like... If you gave me the Swinton head coach job, I'd actually turn around to you and go, you know what, I quite like this squad. I'm, I'm, I'm quite behind it. Um, I, I don't. There's not much I want to change, but part of that's because there's uh, there's four former North Wales Crusaders, plus five <laughs> former Crusaders players in this squad, in uh, Jordy Gibson, Kenny Baker, um, Jordan Case, Gavin Rodden, and Billy Brickhill. Um, but yeah, I think that some of those names I've just read out, like Jordan Case, Billy Brickhill, I, I don't think they're higher than League One uh, in terms of you know what they bring to a game, and but. You know, I think it's a, it's a team which is almost like I think a couple of players here could get some like some good moves on the back of the season, but the overall quality here just doesn't match up to the rest of these championship teams. You know, I don't think there's anyone in this squad really who we've seen have a real good crack at Super League, which is quite a rarity in you know even your top ten championship sides. Yeah, it, it's really it, it's giving me Workington vibes from last season. Um, that's that's just I don't know if it's, I don't know if you guys agree, but that's sort of the the rap the, the sort yeah. of vibe I'm getting from this team. They're gonna get they're gonna get beaten every week, and they might they might pull out a few shocks. And you know what? They yeah, might yeah. they might go on a decent cup run if if they get yeah. if they get a good draw. But other than that, I think they're gonna really struggle to, the to only, make waves the into championship. Is they 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 have got a nice size squad. You know, like twenty nine yeah, players. That's got, a good squad size. Running like much leaner than that so they have got depth which is one of the probably the only redeeming factors you could say about this team and i say i think what i'd give to them as well is players like mike butt jake spedding um audrey yeah. lloyd like they're you know two of them are international players which yeah. doesn't mean that much i guess but at the same time it's well like, Rich, richard Wabori had a really good world cup as well he's, he's got a couple yeah. of tries for italy so they like you said they're not bad it's not bad players it's just how well, well can they play together thing for me is there's a couple of players there which i go actually i think these are championship players but there's a lot of players which i go you know they've got a lot to prove this year you know gav rod and jordy gibson two crusaders two best players we have no they were playing amateur three years ago yeah that's what like, i got 
Yeah, it, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm just looking at it. I feel really bad for Swinton because I've just noticed another spelling mistake in their in their squad and it's for it's for their number 10 Kenny Baker's got two ends in his name like it's not difficult to get these things right if you've got it in front of you and I just feel like the amateur off the field might rub on rub off a little bit on the field and the players might get a little bit frustrated and we might find this team kind of fall apart um to lose though this that might not be the biggest squad in the world but it's a nice squad isn't it, it it's a good squad I mean their six and seven isn't the strongest, but we're a big fan of Josh Ralph in, on this on this podcast. Aren't, well, one of us is a big fan of Josh Ralph on this podcast. <laughs> so it's it's just it's just nice. I think that I, I just like this. I just like the squad. Ruben Rene's in there. Sitaleki uh, Akuala, Guy Armitage is still there. Um, Benjamin Laguerre, Joe Bretherton. I just I just like it. It's a night. Nice, there's lots of young players. There's some players that we haven't really heard of, but we know that Toulouse have got a bit of depth in their thing. The main thing with Toulouse is, though, they might be on the verge of bankruptcy, and that's something we're going to have to look forward. That's something we have to look for this year. They might they might have no money left by by the end of March. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be a shame if that, that was to happen? I mean, it's, a, it's probably a difficult time to be a Toulouse fan because you've, you've had a quite a bad season and... But, but you were building up to be like you know chasing your way out of the the championship. Like you say, it's a good team, but like for a, for a whole season, only having nineteen players is quite quite frightening. I know they've got the um, all the uh, dual reg stuff that they can call upon, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's a very thin squad, and I think that puts a lot of pressure on um, keeping some of these players fit when a lot of them are, you know getting on a bit yeah um toby you put in the chat the other day greg richards to toulouse is that is that something you were surprised to see no no not necessarily i just think that it was um i think i was just got excited over the fact that it showed that maybe toulouse aren't just you know they announced a 19-man squad and i kind of went oh that's them for the season um i mean obviously the joy edge of catalans i instantly think that cesar rouge is going to be someone who comes in and and takes a half-back jersey off Josh Ralph. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that some other Catalans players will come and make up some numbers, um, maybe, a, you know, maybe around uh, the spine as well. Um, but, yeah, I think that what Toulouse have done, I think Toulouse, it was reported that Toulouse really wanted a prop and Greg Richards was going to be their guy. I think what Toulouse have done is create a very solid pack. Yeah. Belmas, Hansen, Peru, Marion, Akuala, Bretherton, um, and now Greg Rich, Richard. Yeah. They are they are going to carve up the middle of teams and t uh, as long as they're fit. And from there and on, uh, I suppose that's kind of like a if this was only your forwards playing, this is actually extremely good. Um, which I you know how much weight will that have? How well will the Harvey be able to put on the back of that? It's something we've got to wait and find out. Um, but I think that maybe if I was ranking packs, this is like top three. Yeah, it's a really it's a really strong pack. It's not the deepest of packs, but it's strong. And if they stay injury free, they'll be really really good. Um, they'll be, be good for them. I just don't think they're going to be as strong as what we're necessarily hoping. Um, twenty twenty three squad numbers for Whitehaven. I'm not really I'm not hundred percent sure on a lot of who these players are. There's names I know in terms of I know Liam McAvoy, I know Dion I. 
I know Jamie Doran, I know Perry Singleton, and that's kind of where I lose the sort of knowledge of players. Toby, this is a team that were in the League One last year, weren't they? No. No? Who went up? Swinton and Keithley, weren't it? Swinton and Keithley came up. Oh, sorry. So these guys White went... Haven, White Haven finished... I think they finished about 6th in 2021. And they finished, I think, about 8th this in 2022. This isn't a team that I recognise a lot of players for. And I don't know if that's just my lack of championship knowledge. But I don't know if this is a good yeah. year for them. But, well, again, they're a bit of a battle. They're a bit of a battle in the way that every year you go this has got to be the year that you know that their squad just isn't up to scratch and they're constantly outperforming expectations um you know i think this is a team you can't say anything other than they're gonna finish mid-table um because they've been doing it consistently for a couple of years now um well it is pretty much a couple of years but nevertheless yeah um you know this is a team that you sort of are forced into believing in um uh, because they've, you know, they've proven it with their results, and they've proven that they know how to play, um, and that they will get, um, you know, they will get enough points during the season to not go down. Yeah. Um, but you are, you are right in terms of, you know, you know more players than me. I think I only really know Dave Eccleston. Uh, I think that's because he was ex-Crusaders. Um, so, it's, um, yeah, it, I, I think it's a squad which you have to look at their results over the past couple of seasons rather than this squad exactly. Because in fact, if I was rating them on squads, this team's probably in the bottom two. But that's just because these players are just solid championship players and solid, hard-working Cumbrians rather yeah. than the flashy ex-Super League academy players. You know, cause, because Cumbria doesn't have a Super League academy. Cough, cough, like, more to come on that throughout the year, um, <laughs> from, from my opinions. But, yeah, um... Yeah, I get... yeah. I think that it's just a team that you have to just say like they they turn up, they're well coached, and they'll perform well on the day. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It, it's it's a team that we don't know a lot about, but it's a team where that you know that they're gonna not they're probably not in a relegation problem because they know they can all play really well together and they've come through systems. I believe there's quite a lot of Cumbrian lads from the Cumbrian league that have been signed on this year. And I'm really looking forward to see how they play. It'll be very, very interesting. Robin, Witness Vikings, we said before we went live, well, before we click record, we kind of like the look of this team a little bit. But we yeah. we're not really sure why, are we? No, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, like, um, long-time, you know, like, recognisable names. Um, Jack Owen, Danny Craven, uh, Marty Fozard, where, where you sort of, like, they belong in the championship, and they—they're not gonna—they're not gonna tear it up, but they're not gonna let you down. And so I feel like they're quite a dependable squad. Um, I also like that they've brought on um, Kyle Amor. Um, I think he's—he's he's got that experience. Like he's won so many Super Leagues, so he's gonna be able to like hopefully share some of that with the with the people around him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Witness have always. I don't think they've ever right, had a shocking season apart from when they're in Super League. So um, it, they're always like a safe bet for a, a mid-table finish at the worst. Yeah, I, I just like the team. Um, Tom Gilmore, Danny Craven are a nice half partnership that have played a lot of Championship rugby. Like I said, Amor's in there, Jordan Johnston in there. We know that Adam Lawton is really difficult to play against when we've seen him 
teams struggle to tackle him. Ant Walker, Ryan Miller, Brad Holroyd have come into the the edge of that squad and will fight to be sorry, will fight to get into that starting thirteen. It's nice, it's quite deep, it's experienced, but it's also quite young when it matters as well. And I think yeah. it's gonna be really, really interesting to see where where this witness team finishes, which for us I think is gonna be slightly higher than where we predicted them last year, if not higher, certainly the same. Um, I think my my point to witness would just be that you know Jack Owens has been the the fullback for five. This is his fifth season as the as their number one. Yeah. Um, well, I think he wore the number five for a little bit, but he was always playing at fullback. Um, you know Danny Craven has has been here since 2010 and obviously played in a lot of you know played in a lot of witnesses seasons recently. And Matty Fazard is a player that's uh, sort of a bit of a journeyman at this point in in terms of top end of the championship bottom end of Super League but never found his sort of place of rest really yeah um, I just think this is it's it's just not again it's like it's not a spine that's that's had traditionally had success in the championship although Tom Gilmore is the sort of you know um, anti-point to that where Tom Gilmore is a successful halfback played really well for Batley Batley didn't want to let him go I'm sure and he's come home to try and help witness return to greatness because they are one of the greatest clubs uh, rugby league scene in England so uh, you know historically um, but I do think that I look at Jack Owens now and I just go you know he he's a player he, he's he's not that player that every season we go into going right okay he's a player who's been in Super League and done his bit he's now a player where it's sort of like right he's the mid-table championship Danny Craven he's a mid-table championship and I think that's probably my fear mm. for them is that, is that it seemed a lot on players like John Johnston, Kyle Moore, Tom Gilmore to lift this squad mm. up for four or five places. Yeah, certainly. It, it's a nice team, but there's a lot of pressure on their experienced players to, to do the good job. Um, last but not least, certainly not least, Robin, we, as as we know, <laughs> York City Knights. This pack, again, it's another team with an extremely deep pack. Um, you look, John Luke Kirby, Conor Fitzsimmons, Chris Clarkson, Danny Kerman, Jordan Thompson... Uh, Bailey Antrobus, Ronan Michael, Jack Teenby, Akuma Tai, oh no, uh, yeah, Akuma Tai, Paulie Paulie, and there's probably a couple of others in the in the edge of that squad. I'm not sure where what positions they play, but this is a phenomenal pack, and teams are going to struggle. But you're concerned about that back five, aren't you? Yeah, I am a little bit. I mean, um, Matty Marsh is obviously like everyone. Everyone at the Knights loves him, but I'll be honest. He was, a, he was a good player in League One, but he, he isn't um, going to set, set the team alight. And, and he has missed a bit, of, a bit of time with injury as well. So I, I think if, I, if, I'd have, if I'd have had any goal for the for like recruitment over the off-season, it would have been that full-back position because I, I think it really makes a massive difference to the team. Um, I mean, James, James Glover, he, he did play well last year, so I feel like he's, a, he's an all-right centre. Um, Joe Brown's like okay again he's not going to set the game alight um, Jesse D for me is a bit of an unknown coming from Newcastle if it, it brings across um, anything, any of that rubs off any of that bad Newcastle stink from last year then I won't be impressed um, and AJ Taus obviously like a young lad still like he, he's playing I think he's playing above expectations um, but I, I kind of feel like he's a little bit out of position. I don't think he really is naturally a winger. I think he just needs to 
and put on a bit more weight, and then he'd, he'd probably be a good uh, second row. The, the new halfback after Ghana, I'm really excited to see how he goes. Um, hopefully he's injury free, but um, that's a, a good a good sign signing for us. Um, I'm Liam Harris. He's okay. We've got um, Jamie Ellis sort of like stepping there, and I'm sure that they'll kind of use those three a little bit interchangeably. Um, but yeah, that pack, that that whole pack is is just so, so nice and. I don't know. I don't know about um, Andrew Henderson. I know he was a hooker, so I wonder if he's kind of a bit more forward orientated. I wonder if we're going to see like a, a like up the middle kind of um, yeah. style, a bit, a bit like how how England played. But we had um, like Sam Burgess and James Graham and all those massive guys, and just yeah. try to like dominate the middle of the pitch. I feel like that's the way forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was really impressed with Bailey Antrobus during the World Cup. Probably one of the favourite players yeah, yeah. throughout the World Cup and I think Toby you can agree was very impressive for for Wales and I think this is a massive massive buy for York he's certainly a player to look out for and if he if he made the championship team of the year it wouldn't be a surprise for me um let's go down should we go down or should we go up the table what should we do should we start from the bottom start at the bottom 14th Swinton Lions I don't think we can look past them really can we no agreed um, Newcastle Thunder, we've dropped them last year. We predict, well, we say we, Toby predicted them to finish fourth last season. We've got them down in 13th this year. That part time switch and losing a lot of players and not having that pulling power has really dropped them down in the expectations. And I think they're going to be a really tough year for them. Um, Whitehaven in 12th, I think, like you said, Toby, lots of lots of Cumbrian brawn, but not necessarily the experience and the, the talent to, to really push these other really solidified championship teams to, to a high level. Um, London again predicted to finish 11th, despite it being a very in, entertaining and exciting squad, where there really are a lot of unknowns in that team, and it's young, so any injuries, any sort of not really knowing what to do, is, is gonna be, it's going to be tough for them to play these the big boys. Uh, Barra Raiders dropped down a little bit to 10th in our expectations. A lot of big losses and how they deal with those big losses is going to be very vital. Um, are we happy with the way these are so far? Or are we, are we? Has anyone got anything they want to talk about with these teams? No, I think it, it, it's always difficult picking the like um, last third of the championship. I feel like it's very close and we might, we might get embarrassed to see one of these teams like turn it on and, and get a couple of wins. Or we might see a kind of Newcastle that completely let us down. It, it's always really difficult because a lot of the players that we're looking at, that we, we've never heard of before. Toby, have you got? Is there any team here that, or is there any team we haven't mentioned? Do you think will finish in that bottom five? No, there's no team that I think will finish in the bottom five that you, that you haven't mentioned. Um, I think that the the hard one for me is it's like I I just you know, I don't see any team finishing between ninth and eleventh. Like, yeah, you know, there's three spots there where I'm like, every team to me is either top eight, and then there's there's a bottom two. Um, so yeah, it's actually it is an impossible thing to predict. I think. Yeah, it's really difficult to until the season really starts and we sort of get into it a little bit. 
it is really difficult to see. And that's that's why they are just predictions. We break down and we just say what we think. We were very wrong on a lot of teams last year. But we also got some teams spot on. And I think that's the that's the fun in the games of just doing a little bit of a prediction. Um, I'll, I'll skip ninth, 8th and 7th. And we'll go 6th down. The team that we think is going to just break into that sort of top 6 is going to be York. Robin, it's a 6th place finish. Potentially a 6th. We think it's going to be exactly the same finish. For York this year is what you got in in the championship last year. Like you said, that back five and whether or not you'll be able to have the depth in the halves throughout the year with, with injuries, it's, it's going to be an issue. Seventh, Batley, you guys dropped down. You, I'm really sorry. I said you'd be disappointed. Um, seventh this year, not a playoff finish for you. Sheffield and Witness, you are in eighth and ninth respectively. Like Toby just said, picking the teams from the top six or the top eight is really difficult. When you think of Swinton and Newcastle being potentially those bottom two and the top four sides being quite solidified, the rest of those teams could just go anywhere and I think you just have to accept that. Is there any of of those teams, do you think any of them has more chance of getting to the playoffs than York Knights? Oh, it's so difficult, isn't it? I mean, basically what's happened is Bradford and Keefley have leapfrogged them and and these four teams have kind of remained you know they've yeah. sort of traded like for like, or you know what I mean they've if they've if they've improved in one area they haven't in the other and so I feel like they're safely in in and around scraping in the playoffs. Um, but I, I I mean maybe it's biased, but I just think that York ball pack is so exceptionally strong that um, that that will be the difference for them that will mean that they come out on top out of those four teams. Yeah, I guess ironically, it's kind of like Sheffield and York are in a position where it's like if Sheffield's it's Sheffield's backline versus York's pack, yeah, is like if that's the fight for that's the fight for six. Yeah, and I guess obviously if you believe that backs more important than forwards, maybe you'd back Sheffield for that. But um, in the championship, on a especially early on, you know, in the early on in the season when you're playing in the mud, I think probably, uh, yeah, York will edge it. And I think defensively, that's where it matters in the middle. If you're weak in the middle and teams are just busting through you, you are going to struggle. You need that deep forward pack to, to be able to rotate and and just be brutal when you need to be and step up in that final 10 when you're when you're blowing. You need, you need, they need to be able to step up. Um, jumping into the top five now, uh, Keith Lee Cougars. Well, that's a big jump. I mean, I think we, we learned from our mistakes last year where we predicted Barrow to finish towards the bottom of the table. And we saw what they did with not as strong as a side of this Keithley team. This is a championship level side, a very solid championship level side for Keithley. And I think a playoff spot, if they don't make the playoffs, I think they'll be quite disappointed. And especially the board. Maybe the fans might not be because they'll have just come up. Um, and if they start slow, then maybe a, a seventh or eighth is, is a good finish for them. But I think we're looking at that team now. If they all stay fit, it's, it's a top five team. In fourth, this is where we had a little bit of a, 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 a thing. I didn't think Toulouse would finish this low. I thought Halifax would finish fourth, Toulouse would finish above them. But you two seem to convince me a little bit. You said this Halifax team was a lot stronger than it looked. And the Toulouse lack of depth and not knowing what players they're going to get from Catalan or maybe even from the Elite One, that's probably where they're going to fall short because we're not sure how deep this Toulouse team can go. And I think that's why we put them fourth. Um, before we get into our top two... What what puts the team, without trying to spoil who's top, which I think is quite obvious, what puts the team that we've put top ahead of the team we've put second? 
I guess it's um, it's just like form. They've been in and around the top of championship for the last couple of years. Like all of those players know exactly what season looks like when you're at the top of championship. Whereas the second place team, we've not seen them up there for for a while. They've sort of been around that, just missing the playoffs to the to the bottom of the league. So um, I think that that's that's the difference. For me, anyway, I think there's also players in this team who, if a Wigan or a Leeds or a or a Hull FC or or a Huddersfield sign tomorrow, everyone would go like, "Yeah, they're they're going to play. They're going to make a difference. They're going to help us on yeah. our hunt to win Super League. Like they're that good. Some of these players." Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think I think we tried not to spoil it, but I think it's quite obvious. Um, Bradford Bulls are going to finish second this year, according to the three of us. I mean, we're not the best at predictions. Um... Oh, speak for yourself. <laughs> I, was waiting for, I was waiting for a comment. Um, we aren't... Okay, we're not... We, I mean, you weren't perfect all year, Robin. It was tight for a little bit, all right? No. Uh, yeah, I, I beat you two, so where does that really put you? Yeah, where does that put you? Yeah. Um, but Featherstone, I think, are the, the out-and-out favourites. They, they were strong last year, but they didn't have the money to compete with Lee and... Derek Beaumont and we've seen that whatever's going on at Lee is going on at Lee and it will carry on going on until Derek Beaumont decides he doesn't want a part of that club anymore but and that we'll get into that in a couple of weeks time when we talk Super League but Featherstone Rovers are they're a Super League team in the championship aren't they again again yeah again and this year I don't think anyone can touch them I don't think anyone's got that level of talent to touch them I think they could arguably go unbeaten Oh, that's a that's a big call. But... Don't lose to Batley away. <laughs> Batley, I mean, they did last year, didn't they? They did in the playoffs. They lost to Batley at home in the semi-finals last year, and they were odds-on favourites to win that game. Um, Toby's put, Toby's sat in the car, by the way, and he's definitely just put the radio on. <laughs> Haven't you, Toby? It's a sat nav. No comment. No comment. No comment. No comment. Um, if if you're not quite sure what we've if you've sort of lost what we've said who will finish where uh, do check out the Twitter um, at the Biff Podcast I believe it is um, I've totally forgotten now um, yeah just search Biff Rugby League Podcast on Twitter you'll find us um, Toby will grab it, uh, Robin will grab it and he'll and he'll shout it out in a second but you can look at the graphic there um, also it's keep at on. the Biff Podcast I was right it was at the Biff Podcast yeah, on on, on Twitter. Um, like I said, keep an eye on the YouTube for some different types and different styles of videos. Um, shall we let them know what the big news is going to be now, or should we just throw it out when it's ready? Oh, you can't, you can't like. Half I mean, I mean, there's two bits of news, but I feel like one, one is definitely we can we can announce one. We have to keep private for a little bit. Is it that you're buying a six foot? No, no, I'm not buying a six foot inflatable hot tub because your friend put a 99p bid on one and then realised they couldn't get it delivered from Milton Keynes. Um, no, um, over the next few weeks, you may notice a website pop up on our Twitter and YouTube bios. We will, we are bringing to you a rugby league website. It's not necessarily a news website, but it will be full of opinions. Uh, maybe some match reports, maybe some like away days type blogs. Just we don't really know what's going to be on it, but we're just going to bring it's you. A community. Yeah, it's going to be a community. You can comment on any articles that we post. 
Um, there'll be articles ready to read once the website goes live. And you'll just be able to interact with us a little bit outside of the podcast. And and that's what and that's where we'll be able to post. And basically, the, pod, the Twitter will lead to the website. And then from the website, you'll be able to listen to arguably well i you know what you'll be listening you'll be able to listen to the best rugby league podcast on the internet on your favorite podcast platform whether that be spotify apple music amazon music deezer anywhere you like um so we're not going video podcast this year we're all going audio and there's there's more news to come there's another big there's another big reveal to come and that will likely happen in a few weeks time so keep your eyes peeled keep your ears unblocked this has been episode one of the Biff Rugby League podcast, season two. That was Toby, Robin, and myself. Brought to you by Swinging Arms and Shoulder Charges. And I nearly forgot one thing. If you want to email us anything, whether that's content ideas, you want to sponsor us, you want to tell us we're rubbish at our job, you can email us at either Brad robin or toby at biffrugbyleague.co.uk like i said this has been episode one of the biff rugby League podcast brought to you by swinging arms and shoulder charges and we'll see you next time i don't know when next time's gonna be it'll be next time peace love no war viva la biff, viva la biff. bigger better biffer have a good evening everybody